0: Together, I hope uh, we can find new places uh, within the imagination uh, where together we can grow and expand our meaning and understanding of uh, what it means to be human. Hello, my name is Stephen Aaron Deinhardt. Welcome to the Giant Lands podcast with your host, Andrew Spawn.
1: That's me. <laughs> so yeah, we got a lot of stuff we can talk about. This is going to be exciting.
0: No, I'm thrilled. I'm sort of intimidated, but I'm thrilled.
1: There's so much, man. It's like basically your your life's work is kind of accumulated to this moment where it's like, you know, it's it's like Katamari Damacy almost. Like you've been rolling up projects over the years and now you're ready to take on some like big dreams. So it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's odd. I tell people it's one of those things. And I guess this is where you want to be as an entrepreneur. Um, it 's something I have to do um I almost like have no choice in the matter because every, all these things have brought me to this moment where somehow this is what i 'm doing <laughs> somehow
1: this is what i 'm doing but yeah you've you 've put a lot of work into it and you 've found a lot of of awesome collaborators out there uh on the creative team. Can you uh go into that a little bit
0: yeah sure yeah i 'm um Gosh, I mean, I, I really I want to start the story all the way back to just after I left Evermore Park and, you know, was pre- frankly pretty in the dumps the same way after you leave any job. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I won't go into that, but um, uh, one day I saw a tweet from my uh, uh, friend and associate. This guy, Matt Forbeck. And, you know, I know Matt. Gosh, I don't even know when I met Matt, really. I think he's probably, like, through the International Game Developers Association. I don't really know. He's just one of those guys that's always been around. So I just sort of think of him as my associate friend. And uh, uh, it ends up he's sort of big time and, uh, like, writes, like, hit Halo novels and all this stuff. But, um, yeah, I saw this tweet from him that he was at this thing called GaryCon. And, uh, I had only recently moved back to Wisconsin and thought, ah, oh, well, let's go check that out. So I, uh, got my son into the car and we drove down to Lake Geneva, which isn't too far from where we live now. And, um, I walked into this space and I saw all these gamma world posters and I just really it, gamma world makes me emotional. So, um, <laughs>
1: I wouldn't have expected it to be that big of an emotional thing. Like, did you encounter it, it, you know, early in your teens or something like that, where it was like an impressionable age?
0: No, I was way earlier. So I started playing D and D, like, I mean, really prior to the third grade. But I think the third grade was when I was like carrying around Dungeons and Dragon books, dragons books, and um, you know, one of my friends, you know, and he reminds me still. So the first day we met on the bus to an after-school program uh, in the third grade, um, the first thing I said to him is, hey, so do you play D&D? And that sort of started it off for us. Uh, I grew up uh, with a brother that was about 10 years older than me. Somehow they were into this stuff. And uh, when I was very little, I'm talking like kindergarten, I used to hide out like under tables in the closet wherever I could <laughs> just so I could be close to him and his friends playing D and
1: D. Oh my God, dude, that is adorable. That's the cutest <laughs> like flashback I've ever heard.
0: Of. And they'd get really upset and kick me out. So I would try to like get a better hiding spot. And I just wanted, <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted to hear the stories. Like I was so excited um, to hear these adventures they went on. And um, so, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't think I ever played actually with my older brother. Um, but it's something I started doing on my own, I guess. I mean, I couldn't tell you how I got my first books or anything like that. I just kind of had them as I recall. And, uh, you know, maybe it was a special one or something. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to elaborate on that because honestly, I have no recollection. Um, and, uh, but I do recall, you know, very early on, creating adventures uh in TSR worlds you know whether it's dungeons and dragons or star frontiers um i think that's probably all i really knew until you know the late 80s uh when i became familiar with gamma world gamma world is what was framed in the past as science fantasy um not science fiction like star frontiers um and not fantasy like Dungeons and Dragons but this sort of new form that blended uh you know science fiction and fantasy and it took place in a post apocalyptic planet earth where we had been ravaged uh obviously by nuclear annihilation uh, so it was called gamma world i loved gamma world i loved it because you could be mutants I loved it because all the rules of society were sort of thrown out. Mm -hmm. And it was this, I mean, I guess it was anarchy. And you got to sort of invent a lot of things. So, you know, the fantasy bug still got me. But yeah, Gamma World means a lot to me still.
1: I wonder if Gamma World had some inspiration on Adventure Time. Because it's sort of a similar, like, it's way in the future after some, you know, dark apocalyptic event where people are just kind of rebuilding and doing kind of whatever they want to and there aren't really laws to stop you from doing stuff and there's you know mutants and weird bizarre creatures and it's it's a really cool setting that's pretty unique and yeah obviously Gamma World was was a huge pioneer there
0: actually I can't think of that I can't think of that guy's name no I love Adventure Time so Pendleton think- Ward yeah, Pendleton Ward. Yeah, I mean, I, I always heard the myth, or you know, that uh, apparently it's inspired by his uh, Dungeons and Dragons adventure. Adventures. Right?
1: Yeah, you get that vibe from the show a lot. That it's about you know, like a, a questing group and like this just kind of oddball creative adventure. So it fits in really well with that that theory, at least that that Gamma World had some kind of influence there. Because you know, it's it's like a coloring book version of like the Mad Max universe. But, you know, it's like way happier and upbeat, but there's some dark stuff that's gone on there,
0: oh yeah, and that's and that was what was cool about gamma world. It wasn't predictable, I guess is what I'm looking for, so yeah you you could find a field of fluffy you know mutant fairies that are pouring pure love on you <laughs>
2: that sounds Or nice.
0: you know you but you could take two steps in the wrong direction and 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 end up in some you know mutant swamp, you know uh, surrounded with uh, plants that are trying to eat you um and it was acceptable in that world uh actually i mean to sort of get back to the the story i was trying to tell and maybe i get too into story when i'm sitting here in front of this mic which i wish was getting better levels um <laughs> i guess this is a podcast so this is what you do but
1: oh yeah it's just total spitballing yeah as long as you're talking about something you're passionate about you don't have to be eloquent <laughs> whatsoever
0: right so so i was i was at gary and admittedly, we totally crashed it, right? So we drove down to GaryCon, um, and I wasn't even sure really what it was. But I walked in. There were all these big Gamma World posters hanging. So immediately that made me cheesed. And you know, I had people take pictures of me in front of these Gamma World things. And uh, they were sort of starting to take it down. We'd arrived so late in the day. But there was this one room, and it was like Legends of War Gaming, and had this really cool image of Gary Gygax as like uh, Michael the Archangel, kind of like coming down to to, to kill a demon, and I was like, yeah. I was like yes! I'm so <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, I was so excited, and I walked in there, and uh, they had there was this there's this independent film that came out recently called The Secrets of Blackmoor. And they had this set up at a table there all about the work of Dave Arneson uh, relative to Dungeons & Dragons. uh, Because, you know, I mean, I I like that there's someone out there championing him. But, um, you know, if you look at the early D&D, it's all Gygax and Arneson, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I I don't know. I got to touched dave's dice i actually like picked them up and then i realized i was holding dave's dice and I'd exhibit it and there was no one around i felt like a terrible person so i <laughs> <laughs> so i so i put them down after sure enough after i took a photo and um uh you know it made me i just was extremely emotional so there's something really deep so i had this i had this sense of coming home uh especially mm-hmm. You know growing up loving rpgs and then somehow getting into making games video games um and then those spiraling into these theme parks and the last theme park i did was basically trying to be a live action D. uh it it all just came like full circle for me um so i don't know maybe a month or two after that you know uh, admittedly, via Facebook, and I've admitted, you know, admittedly, I'm saying admittedly a lot. I would join some like Gamma World group on Facebook, and just loved seeing people geek out, and I was just, you know, excited about it. And it was fun, and uh, you know, looking to do my next thing, but at that that point, not really sure, probably what it was. Mm-hmm. And um, there was this one guy named Kim Eastland, um, who was making all these posts. And I was like, what is up? These, these are way too good. You really should stop posting this content and figure out how to publish it. Um, and then I looked him up and sure enough, he was a TSR guy, um, wow. that had worked on gamma world. And, uh, I started soliciting him to work on a new project. And, uh, he said, the only way I'm going to get involved is if you get Jim involved. Uh, this is this guy, uh, James M. Ward. You know, I'm not sure how big he is um, in some folks' minds uh, relative to, say, Gygax or D&D, but yeah, he's one of the original parties there. I think he joined him in 74 or 75 uh you know wrote a, wrote a bunch of books for them and was integral to the core design of what we know as Dungeons and Dragons and for me more importantly gamma world uh he yeah. was the creator of gamma world and uh so that really that really blew me away and um um so i uh tried to find a property uh to work with them and at first i said we're going to get Gamma World from Wizards of the Coast because they don't know what the f*** they're doing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Rescue that baby.
0: Yeah. And uh, we can do this because it's clearly in the background. It's not Dungeons and Dragons. Um, so maybe we can do this. And the more I started getting into it and realizing how big Dungeons and Dragons had become, I, you know, I didn't realize mm. it. I don't think it's bigger than ever uh hasbro had its best year ever with the D and D property last year wow i realized very quickly that even though gamma world wasn't on the radar for most people that it's definitely one of the properties they're looking at you know mm-hmm. they're i'm sure they've got a slate of tsr properties some of which are ranked and otherwise saying well which and which one of these can we get this kind of money out of I figured I, I wouldn't be able to raise the funds needed. And that said, too, it probably wouldn't be so fun.
1: Right. You'd have people telling you which way you can go and can't go within the, the canon.
0: Well, especially when you're working with the originator of it, right? So you're going to have all these hot shots, which, you know, however good or you know terrible they may be, um... And I'm sure they're all very qualified and talented. Mm-hmm. But, but naturally, they're going to want to say, well, we know how to do this better. And um, so I did my best to find something that worked. So I had this property I developed a long time ago. Of all about giants. Uh, and uh, I had tried to get it funded a couple times previously and got close, you know, have like a feature film written in it and like 5,000 years of history. Wow. It's uh, something I got really into for a long time. A lot of concept art, yada, yada. And I said, uh, well, what if, what if we use this giant, universe i created what if we use this to create a new sort of gamma world because i've defined basically everything from the beginning of earth up to the present in this universe well what if we made something that was gamma world inspired for the next age in this world
1: so it's like a sequel to your previous project that you worked on
0: yeah so it's a yeah it's a new age it's a new cool. age in that universe that happens uh, after the fall of man
1: Um, Can we talk about giants for a second? Like, I feel like that's an underappreciated, you know, being within fandom in general, especially within fantasy.
0: I'm so glad you said that.
1: What do giants mean to you? Like, what is a giant?
0: Well, that was, I think, one of my early tenants to this property was giants are secondary characters wherever you look. Mm -hmm. Um, They haven't been really focused on and there's just so much waiting there. I hate to make biblical references.
1: <laughs> I was about uh, to, <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where a lot of this stuff came from. Um, you know, there was this book I got as a kid that was called Giants by David Larkin. You know, you ever seen Gnomes? The book Gnomes. I think so. It sounds familiar. That's a lot more popular. So it's almost like a, a Dungeons and Dragons style character DM kind of manual for just the creatures known as gnomes and it goes through their habits and their lifestyle and their measurements and their clothing and all this jazz Mm -hmm. so so giants was sort of similar and so i don't know my parents gave me this book very early in my life and uh it was it was something i held held very near and dear so that's probably where most of the fantasy comes from for me cool yeah and and researching it uh, because i was raised in a catholic household I used to read the Bible for fun, uh, you know, and uh, there's this idea that when the Israelites left Egypt, they attempted to go into the land of Canaan, and Moses sent a couple of spies into Canaan, and when they came back, they said, they're men that are so large that we seem as grasshoppers to them. This is... Sort of where the story of David and Goliath comes from. So Goliath was a Phoenician, right? Mm-hmm. And and Phoenicians are descendants of the giants. Is the idea they were this sort of these these half breeds. And so yeah, that's where a lot of the stuff began for me.
1: That's really cool because I was similarly. I always thought that was a really cool part that wasn't very you know played up in the Bible. I'm like, man, if if they needed to make like new Bible posters to get the you know the kids who are leaving Sunday school to like keep saying with, you know, the religion or whatever, like put some sweet giants on there. Like there's really cool creatures in there and you're just not like showcasing them. Like, I don't know what, why they're not highlighted more because they are a really interesting creature. I guess they're not really spoken about too much in detail in the Bible, but they're cool.
0: Well, in, in our Bible, it ends up. So the book of Enoch is all about giants. Um, that was removed from the Bible in something like the ninth century by some Ethiopian council. Wow! And there's there's a really cool game uh, called I think Metreon. Uh, it was a PS3 game I want to say done by uh, a Japanese developer in recent years that all focused on the Book of Enoch. Wow! Apparently there was a Book of Giants in the Bible. Well, dang! Yeah, so that's I mean that's sort of the premise of the whole universe really is uh, you know what if history was a lie. What if all this garbage were fed, uh, mostly over the past 2,000 years, is uh-huh. basic, basically a sort of a fiction um, cool. created by those in control.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so what happens when that fiction disappears and uh, we're able to sort of redefine it? So in, uh, in Giant Lands, um, the Fifth Age is really what it is. But we don't call it the Fifth Age. We just call it Giant Lands. Mm-hmm the idea is the earth has risen against mankind uh for basically her decimation and uh you know through cataclysmic events uh thrown everything into turmoil and uh, the giants rise again and we also have some new visitors that show up from other places and uh, things start getting crazy and you're sort of tasked as a player Not only uh, to try to help heal the Earth and to bring things into balance, but to sort of make sense of it all and uh, create a new world.
1: Wow, man, that that sounds awesome. It's got a lot of really cool ingredients going in there. And and we've all got different things to contribute, just like forming an RPG party. So you might have some extra shekels lying around you could contribute to the Patreon or... Oh, Patreon, sorry. Or if you've got <laughs> extra time, you could give this podcast a review where you get your podcast from. That always helps, especially with a, a new show like this. Or just, you know, send your positive energy, uh, you know, towards Stephen and towards the project. Like, we all want this to happen, I think. So let's let's work together and get it Absolutely. done.
2: Absolutely. At the end of the day, you know, I mean, money doesn't do it. That's something I've, I've learned a lot in recent years. Money doesn't do it, you know. Uh, what does it is the passion, uh, the people, You know, like you said, coming together as a team. So uh, just sharing things and getting engaged, uh, becoming a part of this this sort of sculpture that's evolving over time is more powerful than you might think.
1: Thanks for listening. If anybody wants to check out my other podcast, it's called Amusement Sparks. It's at amusementsparks.com or in your podcast app. We just design theme parks, Totally hypothetically, Stephen was on and we did a Halo theme park. That was an awesome episode. If you like his work, we get into a little bit of that on that episode as well.
2: Yeah, Amusement Sparks is amazing. And uh, what you've done, I mean, just out of, again, just out of passion, just because, hey, this is something I like, this is something I'm interested in. You've built like a vast library of inspiration and ideas uh, that, for people that want to get involved in this stuff. And its it really is the cutting edge. I mean theme parks are trying to figure out how to do this and they bring us sort of game guys in uh to try to help them because at the end of the day they're trying to capture audience that's interested in this sort of content and uh, we're not interested in passive media you know uh we we get a lot of that we want to be able to have influence we want to be able to be actors uh, on that stage and uh so, that, I mean, that's one of the, the amazing things about meeting you and just speaking to you about this stuff is your head is already there and it's uh, it's really cutting-edge thinking for the industry.
1: I'm going to use that quote on my website. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> that was awesome. Steven, thanks for, thanks for
2: having me on and uh, doing this podcast with me. And thank you to the listener. Y'all have a good one.